welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara and Mike Zipovich. Hello. And today's podcast is brought to you by realitysportsonline.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life GM. Use the promo code NERDS10 for 10% off your team or platform fee today. And today we're actually giving away the last spot into our OSO League. RSO league. Uh, and it's going to be all filled up. We're going to be ready to go. Have our uh, rookie draft going right after NFL draft here, which starts tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited about. You guys pumped about it? Yes, man. Of course. Absolutely. Finally, we're going to be able to solidify our rankings because we'll actually know where everybody goes. And it'll really clear up that middle round tier with those running backs and some of those later receivers and see where they go. Because um, right now it is, it's it's muddy. I, I know who I do like, uh, and I have them in order. And you go on there at DynastyNerds.com and see all our individual rookie rankings as they stand today, which is a good thing to see before the draft. It gives you, okay, hey, you know. This guy's here now. Why is he here now? Right. Or he was there then. This is now. Right. Crystal ball. Time, here, there. The future. Here, there. Everywhere. All right, Dr. Seuss. Uh-huh. Um, so today's episode, we're going to talk about bounce back players. Guys that we think will either improve on last year's numbers or simply come back from injury or just a terrible year altogether. So we each got a couple players here that we think are going to be. So you can almost kind of. I mean, you could somewhat consider this a buy low episode almost. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that that's, I mean, they'd be good targets for you on, on draft day. Type of players. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, definitely guys that will definitely go later if you're doing a dynasty startup this year. That will go later that I think, and obviously I don't know all these guys' guys picks over here, so they're going to surprise me with a couple. I know a couple. Surprise. Uh, hey, look who I am. And uh, so these are all guys that, we each individually and possibly collectively, if we all have the same guy in the list, think we'll have a better 2015 than 2014. So let's kick it off here first. I'll go first with my first guy, who's actually one of my biggest bounce-back players, who I think is going to have a terrific year. He was a 69th overall running back last year, playing in only nine games. C.J. Spiller, who currently signed with the Saints. Love it, love it, love him going into next year. Love him going into 2016 as well. Uh, he just signed a four-year, $18 million deal, $9 million guaranteed. Good money for a running back there. Absolutely. And, I mean, I remember last year, like, pretty vividly during a draft that we had, um, a guy trying to, like, every single pick in the first round was trying to trade away C.J. Spiller, and no one wanted him. That was our league they were in, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I do I regret that? And, I, and I'm hoping this year he's on the same bandwagon because I will be trying to acquire that guy off the roster. Right, absolutely. I, I mean, this would be a great time to buy, I think. I mean, because I, I do think the arrow's pointing up on C.J. Spiller. It was a really nice landing spot. And we know Sean Payton can, you know, be creative with two running backs and, and get him involved. Absolutely. And, that's, and here's my big thing as well. You know, Jimmy Graham and... Uh, stills are both gone. Sproles had over 70. Rece- when Darren Sproles was there, he had over 70 receptions and over 600 receiving yards in each of his three years while in New Orleans. Spiller- Spiller's career high in Buffalo was 43 receptions in a year. So that's a huge increase as well. Um, you know, Spiller, you know, he has 2012 breakout year of 1,700 all purpose yards and then he had the injuries the last two years, which are his biggest concern. But now, you know, Pierre Thomas is gone as well. So a lot of those, you know, sweeps are going to be back in play as well. And what's really good news with Spiller for at least this year, 12 of his 16 games are in a dome. 
And Spiller has a 5.9 yards per rush when he's in domes. And he has a 4.7 everywhere else. So for him, you know, when we think, just think of, and he's he's more explosive than Darren Sproles. For yeah. sure. Can we all agree on that? Absolutely. Yep. So I'm expecting at the least amount, 70 receptions for C.J. Spiller, which is phenomenal for a running back here. So obviously in PPR leagues, it's going to be his biggest strength. You know, you got you got Mark Ingram there, and you have C.J. Spiller. I'm not too worried about Kyrie Robinson. He's not really a never, threat. No, no, never will be. Never will of, be. Yeah. yeah. And so if anybody wants to say, oh, what about him too? No, he's not. He's literally irrelevant in this factor. I think in, in, the big thing too is Sean, Sean Payton has been talking up Spiller this offseason, like no tomorrow. So they're going to utilize him really well. You know, they got... Marcus Colston, Brandon Cooks there, and Josh Hill, but they're going to really, I think they're going to go back until like like the 2009 where they're like six in the NFL and rushing. Absolutely. And go that route. Yeah. And they're going to run the ball more. I mean, they went, they they traded for, uh, was it Max Unger, the, the, the center from Seattle and that Jimmy Graham trade? Yeah. So, I mean, they're it's making a, a concert. Yeah. They're making a concerted effort. That guy's a really good run blocker. And that, I think they're just going to be running the ball more this year. I mean, obviously, they cleared out all their wide receivers pretty much from last year. Yeah, they really have no choice but uh you know, up the run game, you right. know. So Yeah, I mean he really has a chance here to be I mean honestly I don't I don't think it's crazy. I honestly think CJ Spiller could very easily be a top ten PPR fantasy running back next year. And I think after next year, going to two thousand sixteen, his ceiling's gonna be high sky high. So you maybe you can roll with them, you know, buy cheap now, use them, help roll to a championship this you know this year, if it doesn't work out where you don't win a championship or even to go rebuild, he's somebody you're gonna be able to sell going into the 2016 season. I feel for pretty good value, definitely way lower than what you can get him for now, right? Um, again, he out of all the guys like that I'm excited for, Spiller's one the one I have mo- most. I take notes throughout the year, just not for my dynasty leagues as well, you know, only, but like guys in redraft leagues that I kind of want to attack that I feel like I can get good value on, and just so I don't forget. When I'm doing my dynasty studies, I put notes in there as well. And Spiller is written in capital letters. He's just somebody I'm targeting all formats, all my dynasty leagues. I've tried to put trades out. He's somebody I want to inquire before the season starts. Because once this ball gets rolling, I feel it's going to be picking up speed at a very quick pace. I mean, again, 70-plus receptions for a running back, that's phenomenal. That's the kind of guy that's going to help you win a championship. Absolutely, man. So you guys like that pick? Like that guy for bounce back? Yeah, I, I like it. I did my one thing that I've always been concerned about Spiller is, is the injuries. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So he's, no, uh, he's just like a guy for me that I always just, I don't know, I always proceed with caution. You know what I mean? But I think like if you are trying to get him, if in a non, um, you know, non, non startup league, the owner, if you are interested in acquiring uh, CJ Spiller, Good chance that owner might be frustrated with the production over Very the last few years, and you might be able to get him at a good buy. So, uh, you know, if you if you agree with what Rich has to say, and it's somebody you want to go out and get, man, I think that's somebody who could be had at a fair and reasonable price. Again, I think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy running back this year. And also, too, to help Mike with injuries as well, he'll, he'll at least now be playing in a dome. Right. He'll be playing in warm, you know, not in Buffalo. And maybe that, that, maybe that will help him. Yeah. So... Um, a lot of upside here. Obviously, injuries are a concern, but a lot of upside with C.J. Spiller. I highly endorse going out to get I, th- I think the fit, the offense is a much better fit, you know, in New Orleans than it was in Buffalo. It's, a, it's literally a perfect fit. And he right. actually came out and said, with his agent said, they were offered more money elsewhere, and they went there because it was a better fit 
for him in his career. So they actually right. took less money to go there, which is great news for Spiller. And again, I said I've read multiple reports about Sean Payton just gloating about this guy. So, all right, Matt, who do you give me a guy that you think should have a nice bounce back here? Well, this is a guy that actually like none of us really, really like. Like he's not like a guy that we want on our fantasy teams, like the three of us. Okay. But I, I think that Mike Wallace is going to have a return to form type of year. I mean, he's down there in Miami with with Ryan Tannehill the past couple of years. A guy that really just their skills didn't really match up. I mean, Mike Wallace is pretty much a deep threat, and the offense that he was in, and the fact that Ryan Tannehill really isn't very good at throwing the deep pass. <clears throat> excuse me. Was just like a a total just mismarriage, you know? So he goes to Norv Turner's offense there in in Minnesota. I mean, whether or not Teddy's going to be able to connect with him or or get on the same page with him is still kind of up for debate. We don't know it yet. But, I mean, at least the offense he's in is a vertical-style offense. And I think he can just kind of have a return to form. I don't think he's going to be, like, blowing up and be, like, a wide receiver one or anything. But I think he can you know, slide back in as a wide receiver two slash three for you. Well, that, I mean, that's where he finished. I mean, just to re- rebut here on what you say. I mean, he did finish as a 20th overall fantasy receiver last year. Uh, and that's and that's ahead of guys like that were hurt, hurt like A.J. Green. He finished ahead of A.J. Green, was at 24. Um, you know, Jordan Matthews at 25, who I think is going to take a step forward, along with like guys like, I don't know, maybe not Andre Johnson, but Sammy Watkins could take a step forward as well. So, I mean, for you to say, for me, I think he'd be more, and I, but I do agree. I, I guess I do agree with you with the point where he's going with Norv Turner, and it's going to fit his style much better with that deep threat. And like you said, if Teddy can get the ball, here's his averages. You know, while he was in Pittsburgh, yards per catch, his rookie year, nineteen point four. His mm-hmm. second year, twenty one. Pittsburgh, you know, his third year, sixteen, and then it kind of went down to thirteen. But I mean, in Miami, it's twelve. 12.7 and 12.9. I mean, yeah. they just weren't throwing the ball downfield. They weren't connecting on those kind of passes. Okay. And I think, I mean, it's obviously his yardage went down too. He only had 862 yards last year. Whereas in, you know, Pittsburgh in his like heydays, he was getting like around 1200 yards. So, I, I mean, I just don't think, I don't think he'll be getting 1200 yards, but right around a thousand or 1100, I mean, is doable, I think for him. Yeah. I think, that, and I, I definitely agree with you there as well. I think, I definitely think that's doable. It's almost, it's almost surprised me when I had to look him up here that he was even, he finished as a 20th fantasy receiver. Cause I would have never guessed that at all. He, he had 10 touchdowns, which was kind of like there you go. his that, saving grace last that year. Will, and that will definitely bump you up. Right. And that's something you can't predict. Jacked, yeah, and that's not like consistent year to year either, especially with him. I mean, it's six, ten, eight, eight, five, ten. I mean, so it's kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. Don't don't you think like Mike Wallace would be best served maybe like if if Minnesota does draft a wide receiver, so he's more like in you know, like the deep threat, like something that's more so. Say they went and drafted Devontae Parker, for example, you know, as like their their main number one. Don't you think that helped Mike Walls be like the type of guy he should be instead of being like the main go-to guy like he was in Miami? Like that didn't work. Absolutely. I even think with the guys that they have on the roster, he's just going to be kind of more of like a deep threat type of take the lid off the defense. Because, I mean, they got Charles Johnson. Right, I guess. If if Corderell Patterson ever pulls his crap together and actually learns how to run some routes. I mean, I guess it's like two guys. Patterson the last couple of days, too, about trying to get him together i guess those are just two guys i'm not really that impressed with or have any so i have no hopes on patterson right strictly just a really good athlete just not a really good football player but i think charles johnson has a 
a little upside. bit. I mean, he's got some upside. Right. And but he's a totally count, different kind. He's a totally count different. on him is, I, I don't know. He's a different type of wide receiver than, than Wallace, though. I mean, they would compliment right, yeah. each other well. Yeah, right. Okay. I see what you're saying. So you think, so as a bounce back candidate, you see Wallace tentatively moving up a couple spots? Like last year, honestly, I, I, I know you said he finished 20, which was really surprising to me, but I wouldn't want him in my lineup ever. You know, like yeah, last we, year, I, I mean, I, he wouldn't have been reliable at all. Again, which is mind-blowing because he finished as a low-end wide receiver, too, with those numbers. But obviously, I think we've come to the conclusion that the 10 touchdowns is what put it there. And for you, I mean, like Mike said, you can't really predict the 10 touchdowns again, which is more unlikely than likely. So, if anything, he'll, if anything, he'll hold grace here, and it's a good news to know that he was a low-end wide receiver, too, last year. Right, right. So... Okay, Mike, you got one for me? Uh, yeah, I do. And maybe it's a little bit more obvious than uh, than like Mike Wallace, for example. So, I, excuse me, I'm going to say LaShawn McCoy. Okay. I, I'm expecting a big comeback, man. I like the me trade too. to Buffalo. Um, you know, speaking of like rankings, uh, LaShawn McCoy was 12th overall at running back. But going into the season, he was probably like number one running back, like on everybody's mind, and then started oh, off sure. slow. The, I mean, he's probably number one, maybe in all of dynasty startups, you know, a year ago. Running back wise. yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, he started off slow, but after like week four, he really turned it on, um, really returned to form. But the start of the season really just, it tainted everybody, it tainted everybody. And mm-hmm. every league I was in, it seemed like everyone wanted to jump ship on LaShawn McCoy, which I don't really get, you know? I mean, it's right. And why? like, and guys, okay. People have down years. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, his stats were still pretty sick. He had 1,319 rushing yards. Yeah, his touchdowns. And the big thing that like we said before with LaShawn McCoy is he averaged over 40 receptions usually. And what do he have? Like 23, 22 he, last he year? He had 28 last year. 28? Yeah, so that was like a career low. For career him low. That, right. And they put Chris Polk in on the goal line carries who just recently signed with, with the Texans. With the Texans, which will probably bump Alfred Blue down. He signed there t- uh, today as we're recording this on a Tuesday. But, again, those, you know, minus the touchdowns and receptions really hurt McCoy's number. But he still finished, as you said, the 13th. So 12th. Or 12th. Yeah. So as a running back, one. A low-end running back, one. And a lot of that was also offensive line related. At the beginning of the year, their offensive line was all banged up. I mean, right. they only had, like, two two guys or something that was that were starters in the preseason or something like that, starting for the first few games. So Yeah. I mean, that was, that was huge. And as soon as they started rolling back in, um, the offensive lineman that is his numbers started picking up. Right. And I just think going to Buffalo, the, the style of offense that they're going to run, they're going to pound the ball. They got, I mean, Fred Jackson is fighting father time. It's like, how long can He's he almost can, father can he, time? Right. It's like, how long can he keep, you know, being productive? I think they're going to, I think his rushes are going to be up. I think his receptions, uh, are, gonna re- receptions are going to be up. And I think, you know, if Buffalo can get some solid quarterback play, uh, you know, I think they might be a you know a good overall team. Plus, you know, um, uh, Rex Ryan. I mean, no matter what, I mean, he's putting a pretty, he's putting a, a competitive team on the field. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think they're going to be competitive and in games, which means they're going to. I think Lashawn McCoy is going to touch the ball a ton. And let's face so, it, their their quarterback situation is not good, so they're going to need to run the ball. Right, and and the guys that are in front of like Lashawn McCoy and the, like in the, the for overall points from last year easily can see him jumping guys like you know what i mean to put him back in the top like f- three four will, will be pretty easy i mean like 
you got Lamar Miller, Justin Forsett. Forsett, yeah. Right. Um, and in any given time, you know, Arian Foster could be hurt. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch and Matt Forte are starting to get a little bit older. And 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 how old's LaShawn McCoy? Like twenty seven years old. He's still got like two really solid years and probably Excellent a third. Years. Yes. You know what I mean? So I just think like last year, the first four games really tainted what everybody I think fantasy players' minds are about LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, and you can get him right now for Again, if you go back to the beginning, if we go back one year from today, trying to get LaShawn McCoy, you're paying an arm and a leg because you're getting what is perceived as the number one overall dynasty running back. And I think that's a great pick that you made, Mike, You know, for bounce back. I think he's a great candidate here because even though he finishes running back one, you're talking about a player that could be potentially the number one overall fantasy running back next year. I mean, he's that good. He's going to that good of a system. They just paid this guy a lot of money. They are going to pound the rock a lot. And McCoy is going to be the complete benefit of this. His touchdowns are going to go up. Uh, his receptions are going to go up. His yards are going to go up. It would not surprise me in the least bit if LaShawn McCoy finishes the 2015 season as a number one overall fantasy running back. No. It wouldn't. I've been I playing mean, the game long enough. I've seen the guys come back. I mean, it happened. It's happened so many times. Yeah. I just, and we're talking about LaShawn McCoy's down year as he finishes his number 12 fantasy back. As with, a running 1300 back one. rushing. with 1,300 rushing yards. Yeah, right. that's sick. And he has perceived bad yard, you know, bad uh, season just because the points wasn't there. And again, I think we kind of nailed that nailed that on the head of why they weren't there. So Lashawn McCoy is he st- is he still going to be cheap in your dynasty leagues? No, but people, you know, he's been in the league a while. People might perceive him as older, but he's not. And him, they might see think him going to Buffalo is a negative. Where I think it's a positive. I, think I, I t- really do. We discussed this when the trade went down as well, because uh, people think it's going to be because you know, of his year last year. He's going to be utilized way more in Buffalo and be appreciated way more than he ever would have been in Philly. Again, they were giving Chris Polk. Goal line carries over LaShawn McCoy. So moral of the story, I think, is this might be your one and only chance to acquire him, you know, right now. Because For other, this season, yeah. No, I mean, this might be the best time to get him right, right. now. Because, I mean, he's probably going to go to Buffalo and tear it up for the next two or three years. And the next shot you might get at him is when he's washed up. Yeah, I mean, that's something you might want to look at. You know, a lot of, you know, after this NFL draft is coming up tomorrow, uh, obviously, you know, the rookie drafts are going to commence. And a lot of people are going to have no rookie drafts. And I I put an article out um, early this week or early, or yeah, on Monday about just draft tips. And one of them is save situations like that for draft day. It's amazing. Like, you can be, you know, propose a trade. You can be trying to work on a trade for months and it never goes through and it can almost seem dead. But then draft day comes and, a player is actually attainable, you know, during the draft. Somebody that you might like a lot that you thought wouldn't even be there late in the first or early second uh, that you want to move up to. Other people are going to have that feeling as well. So that might be the time to try and get McCoy. You know, you can offer somebody who's a less valuable and maybe a first-round pick and get McCoy. And I'm telling you what, that's you're going to be winning that trade no matter what. Definitely if it's a first-round pick for LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, there's a handful of people I talked to on Twitter, man, last year. I was like, dude, wow, strike while the iron tied. He's having a little, he's a little bit down. He's perceived down, but you get, and this was like by mid-season where he was bouncing back. I'm like, go get him. You know, people that were asking, hey, should I make this deal for McCoy? I'm like, go do it. Yeah. He's still yeah. like 26, 27. I forget at the time, you know, and it's like, he's still like, relatively young for a running back and, and he's the he was the number one guy all and, season and or think you about know, it too, prior to the season for your rookie draft it comes around and you're sitting there and say you have pick seven okay and jay jay's on the clock and maybe just so happened there's gonna be a couple of guys in the league that has the guys in LaShawn mccoy you know and jay goes to somewhere maybe like the jets where he's gonna be the number one guy 
or San Diego. He's going to be the number one guy there. Um, we know there is some knee concerns. If there are possibility concerns, I've also read it could be an issue like Eddie Lacy's toe where it's not really a concern. Is enough a concern for Ryan to actually flip-flop my rankings just for now with TJ Yeldon ahead of Ajayi? But maybe, I mean, who would you rather have, Jay Ajayi or LaShawn McCoy? I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. Yeah, not LaShawn even close. McCoy because there's McCoy. a pretty good chance Jay Ajayi could be a bust. Exactly. But the point you is know, here, during your rookie draft. How many times have we seen that? There's gonna, that the, people, the the... The overall value during your rookie drafts, you'll see this a lot in dynasty leagues. The rookies just they don't see they only they don't even see potential. They mostly see ceiling. You know, they're like, oh man, JJ, he's gonna be the next, you know, Matt Forte. Right. For sure. Oh, I'm getting Matt time. Forte. I'll give you LaShawn McCoy. He's got two years left in Buffalo. I'm getting I'm getting JJ when uh you know he's gonna be the next I'm gonna have him for like six years. Hashtag two to three year window. Even if it pans out. So Again, I think I think McCoy's a really good target. And again, you you can really utilize just not for McCoy, but for anybody during your rookie drafts to kind of acquire talent. Because again, I think the value of those rookies skyrockets. Not not leading up to it, but actually when you're on the clock, on the and, clock, yep. And you can actually obtain that person. I suffer from sometimes like, oh man, I really want this. I've, well, see, I've seen you suffer oh, from right. it. Yeah, <laughs> I see this. I got coming <laughs> out of your <laughs> mouth when it's time to pick, man. You're like, oh, I wanted this guy. <laughs> I want this guy so bad. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Right. I mean, because uh, give me the proven talent, man. As Always. long as it's an equal, like a fair tree, give me the proven talent because it's uh, how many times have we seen the rookies not perform up to expectations? But when they're drafting, everyone thinks they're going to be their absolute best. best. Right. Yeah. You're right. getting the next A.J. Green. You know, you, right. You get Kevin White, like, oh, he's the next, you know, he's Brandon the next Marshall. Brandon Marshall for or, sure. For you know sure. What I mean? Right. And, again, not everybody turns out. I mean, there's only a handful of wide receiver ones in the NFL as there is now. There's only a handful of running back ones as it lies now. So, for chances these guys becoming at are slim to none. Do I think Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon would be running back ones? Absolutely, I do. But I also thought that about Trent Richardson. Al Burn. Burn. Yeah. All right, let me give you a guy here I got next on my list. You guys ready for him? I think so. Michael Floyd, wide receiver. Arizona Cardinals finished last year as the 44th overall PPR receiver with 173.9 yards, uh, 173.9 points in a game. You know, Floyd coming off his 2013 season had the kind of what we consider like a breakout year, the 66 receptions, 1,054 yards, five touchdowns. 2014 comes along, 47 receptions, 841 yards, six touchdowns. But, you know, the big thing with him is he wasn't really – he was utilized last year as more of like a decoy in a deep threat. And it wasn't really, it didn't really help that he had not one, but two quarterbacks that he lost. Carson Palmer was a huge loss. So the quarterback situation there could have been possibly the worst in the NFL. Um, it was really, really bad. So his target, I and mean, he was targeted like 85 times, but he only caught 44.7% of his catches. But here's the thing for you last year on Michael Floyd. He averaged 17.9 yards per catch, okay? 17.9 yards per catch was good for the third best in the NFL with guys that had 25-plus catches. Uh, Martavis Bryant, who had 26 catches, was at the highest at 21.1 yards, and Deshaun Jackson had 20.9 yards per catch. So the guy is a field stretcher, his speed there. And Carson Palmer coming back is going to be a huge bonus for Michael Floyd. And Michael Floyd's only 25 years old, so... And he's going into the final year of his rookie contract. And you got those guys like to work hard to get paid. So, I mean, Michael Floyd has a lot going for him. After such a bad year, his value is so low 
there's so many positives going into 2015. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really that high on that guy, to okay. be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the same way, and I don't know. Maybe, is it is it because of the quarterback situation? Like the, that's such a huge question mark. It right hasn't now. really gotten better. I mean, I I know that Carson Palmer's coming back, but I mean, it's hard. How to, many times he's how many times has he been hurt? Right. Miss, you know what I mean? How many times it's like, has he come back? Right. It's you know. So like to me, that's that's questionable. But like like you were saying, I mean, you did you made a lot of good valid points, and especially like that guys do play for money, and it's a contract year. I just have concerns for me about Arizona's quarterback situation because if Carson Palmer doesn't come back to full strength, uh, what are they going to do? And there's only two draftable. I mean, granted some of the other lower end QBs might do something over time, but there's really only two draftable QBs. I think this year, you know, ones that could maybe have an immediate impact. So just, I just can't go into it thinking Carson Palmer's for sure going to get hurt. You know what I mean? I just can't go. No, into but is that. he going to come back fully healthy? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he probably is, but it, over time, you know, he's an older guy. You know what I mean? He's been hurt. Yeah. How many times has no, he missed? Like, you. You Refresh know? my memory. What did he actually hurt? I don't I don't remember. It was actually his, uh, he retore his ACL uh, against St. Louis. That's right. If you remember. Okay, now it's coming back to me. He tore his ACL like a couple days after he signed that new three-year extension. That's right. That's right. Okay. I mean, because the only concern I have is because he didn't really come back all that great the first time after his ACL, and that kind of, I mean, that does concern me a little bit. Right, and and he's been in the league at least, you know, like what, since 03, 04, something along those lines. He's been in the league like 10 years. Right. I mean, he's not a younger guy, so I, to me, I just have concerns that. So it's not even much with Michael Floyd's right. Part. Exactly. The quarterback situation. Right. I mean, and as that's, that's, that's a huge factor I mean, in who, statistics. They're not going to throw Drew, Drew Stanton out there again. So it's going to end up being Logan Thomas throwing him the ball. Right. Which and, could be worse. Which could, we know how inconsistent that guy is. Right. I well, don't even know if what's, I mean, they'll, you know, I mean, obviously you would think Carson Palmer will start, but like, yeah, what if he's not ready to go? Do they go Drew Stanton? I that's mean, what I you mean, know? like, whoa. Yeah. I don't, the I really, for anybody throwing the balls, they got Bruce Arians. So right, no, that, that's, that's true. A bonus. So all right, you guys threw a little water on my Michael Floyd situation, but again, um, I mean, if you if not, you give, yeah. he yeah. still finished last year with my, my, the big point here is, I mean, he finished as the forty fourth receiver, and he still finished a year with all those bad quarterback situations with the third best yard per you know catch, and I think he's going to be, I think Arian said something along the lines where he wanted to make sure they use Floyd a little bit more, so not much as a decoy which a lot of his right routes were just vertical routes and decoy routes where maybe if I, I think if they can improve his routes that he runs, his fantasy points will show it as well. And again, I'm not talking about wide receiver one numbers here. I'm hoping to get into that low end wide receiver two where like Mike Wallace was kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, worst case wide receiver three, because you know, at 44, then you're no hope to anybody. You're, you're a bi-week guy you're putting in there hoping to get anything. And, and, that, and you know how that works out. You know, the one week you need him during a bye week, he comes in and gets one catch for 13 yards. Right, and that's, that, that's definitely what he was last year. I mean, when, when you think back on the year that he had, you couldn't rely on anybody really on that team besides yeah, right. Andre Ellington. I mean, and that was only for the first first couple games. Yeah, a couple games, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that really was it. So uh, before we go on here, let me hit you guys with a commercial real quick. Um, one of the last ones we have going on here from our friends at Reality Sports Online. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, 
Now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL GM. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency. Enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, IR, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participating in a mock free agency auction today, which I'll be doing tonight to get ready for our league. And if you like what you see, use the promo code NERDS10 to receive a 10% dif- discount on your team today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. And uh, with that, our last and final winner into our Reality Sports on- League Online is Ryan Bates. Uh, he's been contacted. He's been emailed. He will not be finding out the podcast because I emailed him today because we're going to do a mock draft. And I want to see if you want to get in. He's in. He's Sweet. excited. So uh, congrats to Ryan on the league. And, you know, I definitely encourage anybody that was not able to get in our league. We had a lot of entries on the forum on DynastyNerds.com. A lot of entries. Uh, There's like 80 entries. So we were only able to pick five of those 80s. But for anybody that was able to get in, I definitely encourage you to get on to RealitySportsOnline.com and check them out and join the league because it really i mean we're really excited to get on here it's a really cool platform we'll be giving you updates we'll let you know how our draft go i know we're each going to write an article about our teams after we get done and let you know how it went um use that promo code nerds 10 get 10 percent off anything anytime you get money off it's great and it's it's not expensive it's just as reasonable as using mfl as your host site so the price is very competitive if you have any questions at all you can contact the owners matt uh at inquiries at realitysportsonline.com so again, it's a it's a really cool site. I really encourage you guys to check it out. We really appreciate them po- uh, sponsoring the podcast here for the last month and hosting this site and put up the three hundred dollar prize pool for us. Absolutely, which I completely plan on winning here. It's so. going to be in my pocket, so don't even plan on it. We'll be, right, we'll be doing our rookie draft here starting Monday. That's all right. So I'm uh, so early, man. Yeah, I love you. it. We'll give you an update. We'll give you an update as the season goes along on our realitysportsonline.com uh, league and let you know how that's going. Uh, and I, when I win the $300, maybe I'll give away. If I win, here's the announcement. If I win, I'm giving away to podcast listener a free T-shirt. Wow. On my own dime. You're so generous. That eh. is so generous of you. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what they call me, generous rich. If I win, rich will give away a T-shirt to a listener. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Well, and you guys can buy it. That's fine. I'll give it away. I'll look like the good guy. And uh, you'll be Robin Hood. Ro- Robin Hood? I don't know. Yeah. Men in tights. <laughs> what a great movie that was. Um, all right, let's pick up where we left off here. Let's talk about bounce back guys. So who are you throwing on the trampoline here next? Um, I mean, I, I have a couple of guys. I think we discussed this guy as a group, so I'm just going to throw him out there. Uh, Jordan Cameron. Okay. That's, a, that's one of the last guys I have on my list here. So okay. let's get into Jordan Cameron, who finished as a 27th overall tight end last year in 10 can't, games that he played. Can't be much worse than he was last year, but you know what I mean? Like the high expectations that Jordan Cameron's a top like four, th- yeah, three, four guy. Right. Yeah. And he finished 27th grand. It's due to injuries, but like, just from my perspective, he's in a oh, much better situation in Miami, better. better quarterback. He's got better receivers around him with Landry and stills. He's got better running game. I, I just, uh, as long, you know, the big if, as long as he stays concussion free, 
I, I see a huge bounce back here, it's, man. And that's pretty much his biggest only question mark is staying healthy here. And, you know, and now this is a guy we all have on our list, correct? Jordan yep, Cameron. Yeah, yep. Right. He, he was the next guy. I was like, you know, yeah, this was the consensus to... guy that we have here. Um, so we all have our own personal notes on him. So, but, but Matt, I'll let you kick it off because it, you opened the, the topic with him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's just a guy that obviously not this past year, but the year before that he was playing at a really high level. I mean, 80 receptions for 917 yards seven and seven touchdowns. touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a big time red zone threat and he's a big time, just like uh, a reception guy. You know I mean? He can, he can really rack up the receptions. And I, I mean, it, the downside is that he's never played a full season. I mean, and it's always like concussions and, and ticky tacky little uh, types of and things. It is one. He's one hit away for not even being done for the year, but possibly having his career over. Right. Such so a huge red flag. And he's somebody that I'd hope comes back this year and has like a good year. So I could sell high on because he has his value so low right now because he is, he really is one hit away from being from be- out of the league. And there's better odds that that's going to happen. And, not and unfortunately, on the play that he got concussed, it wasn't like something ticky tacky. Like he got drilled. He got drilled. I mean, right. he got hung out to dry by his quarterback, and the guy illegally hit him. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that that's those are the type of things that the NFL is trying to get rid of, and yeah. that's where he got a big time concussion and missed a lot of time. So I mean, chances are, you know, he's not like he's not like every time he gets a little ding, he gets a concussion. So I think I think he's got a shot to come back and and reestablish his value. He obviously has the talent, you know, to to Absolutely. get it done. I think he does come back and reestablish his value. I think he does too, and I think you brought up a good point, Rich, that when he does reestablish his value as an owner, I would be looking to move cash out. Cash out. Mm-hmm. Here here's something I have down for him. I mean, no, but there's no talk- reason to cash out early though you no, gotta no. wait to that I'd value ride, comes i'd ride back. in a whole year if you, i had him right I could, unless obviously i can get another tight end back that i like um and sell out that way where i'm feel like i'm getting equal value right maybe something else as well because maybe maybe i'm willing to take a tight end that i had like his upside on and like maybe a draft pick right and cash out that way definitely if i'm out of like the play he's somebody if you have on your team he's doing really well and you're out of the playoffs sell 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 right i i fully agree and remember as charles clay was there who just signed a big contract in buffalo as well uh, oh, forgot about that. Yeah. He, you know, Charles, you know, 2013, where we talked about 80 receptions, 917 yards, and seven touchdowns. Right. Charles Clay, we always preached, he was always an undercover he was. Know, contributor at tight end. He finished at like the eighth, ninth overall tight end. So, but nobody ever talked about Charles Clay. But he was a really sneaky guy. You can get like your redraft leagues, like the last pick in a draft, and something that you can put in there and start. Um, his best year in Miami was 69 receptions, 759 yards, and six touchdowns. And here's another thing with Jordan Cameron, where he's really going to help the Dolphins. He's going to be the number one red zone target. Okay, Jordan Cameron's six five. Their other receivers: Jarvis Landry, five eleven; Kenny Stills, six foot; Greg Jennings, six foot. Okay, and not only on top of that, besides, despite missing two games last year, Charles Clay was third in the NFL of all tight ends in red zone targets. Okay third so jordan cameron's gonna come in here whether it be a bigger threat than all of these receivers who's better than charles clay and he's gonna take all those red zone targets so if he can even again that was missing two games so if he jordan cameron misses two games again this offense is suited for the tight end in the red zone with the size to score touchdowns so we can see a drastic increase in jordan cameron's touchdown production here so he is somebody that could really help you in 2015 and his scott you know he might finish at the third second fourth fantasy tight end and again if if you want to sell that's the time to sell now maybe you sell and he, he doesn't ever get a concussion again then you kind of missed out a little bit on an elite tight end but at the same time it, it's 
he's somebody I'd feel very comfortable no matter how good he finishes. I don't care if he finishes the number one overall tight end. I'd still feel comfortable selling. I, I wouldn't buy into that because, again, he's had so much many concussions that I wouldn't really. Yeah, and I mean, a, a second thing, uh, let's just face it. Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw downfield very well. So, I mean, he's going to be, his game is going to be to the guys that like the tight ends and the, you know, Jarvis Landry type of uh, possession type of guys. So, I mean, I think I think that's going to be another really good point. He's going to be the biggest guy in the field right, for him. Absolutely. I think he's just going to, he's going to be available. He's going to be a guy that, that, Tannehill's going to be very comfortable with early. Yes, I, I agree with that 100. percent I think, and I like what Jordan Cameron does. I like Jordan Cameron as the football. I like. I think he's a really good tight end. I, I I favor him a lot. I like what he does with the ball in his hands after uh, he makes a reception too. And I and when I was doing some research on him, I love that stat about you know that Charles Coe is the third overall in red zone targets. I thought that was terrific. And that that just like for Jordan Cameron because I do have Jordan Cameron in multiple dynasty leagues. So for me personally. I'm excited. Right. And, so I, I have him as well. Yep. And it, but he is somebody, even as an owner, I have him, I'm looking to sell. And one league I'm fortunate to have where I have him and Gronk. So I'm really, that's the first league, you know, mid-season for him when I'm trying to find that next piece I need to kind of help me get to that championship. He's out the door. Right. If Obviously, if he comes to fruition, what I can think. Again, so this is all somebody we consensusly agree on who thinks ready for a strong bounce back year. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Mike, you got a guy? Um, yeah, my next guy is kind of slightly obvious, but when you, you know, he's a little bit older, okay. but he missed all last season. I think he was 129th amongst running backs last year. Pretty easy when you only play like a game, right? When you only play one game, dude, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this guy going to like come out like a madman? He's going to be angry. So angry. So, so angry. angry. And it sounds like everything that, you know, I was reading up today, it doesn't sound like Minnesota is going to be parting ways with them, which I, I think, is, no, absolutely not. And I think it's, it's a great situation for I them because it. they have Adrian Peterson, uh, McKinnon's decent as, you know, was pretty good last year. And I think it would be a really good, uh, a backup. Asiata was pretty decent. So the running back course seems pretty good. Like I really think if, Minnesota can draft another wide receiver to go along with Mike Walsh and all the other guys that we talked about earlier. I think they could be pretty dangerous offensively. And I think Adrian Peters can come back and really establish himself as one of the top backs. Now granted, it'll probably be a short period of time because he is older, but, um, I mean, it's slightly obvious, but he is a bounce back I, again, guy. I mean, you if know? you listen to these podcasts, you know exactly. I went on that huge rant like six months ago about Adrian Peterson, how I think he's going to come back and absolutely dominate. Just how we said LaShawn McCoy could be the number one overall fantasy running back. Adrian Peterson could be the number one overall running back. You know what's weird? Like, you almost forget about him. He's only gone for one year, but the guy is amazing. Like, he is going to come back and dominate. I, I mean, no, remember, remember he, no like, blew, my mind. blew out his knee, and then, like, three weeks later, he was he <laughs> just he was eight yards away from setting the NFL rushing record. It did feel like season. three weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone he, else takes, like, you know, that full season. and Yeah, he took, like, eight months or, or probably less than that. Yeah, I think it was less. Yeah. And he's somebody that... I, I I argued with when I went in that rant, like he's somebody I'd be considered I'd give up like a late first round pick for because he is somebody that's gonna single handedly help you win a championship. So if you're trying if you feel if you trade like a late first for Adrian Peterson, you're most likely probably gonna get two years of product productivity out of it. And for a running back, like that's high, good value. High, high high right. Like guarantee, guaranteed productivity. And this guy's gonna run I mean, he came back angry after his his ACL tear and ran almost set the NFL rushing record. 
he's coming back now. He's playing either you earn get that next guaranteed money, which is like fourteen, fifty million, whatever it is, or prove that he could be traded for and go into another team for a championship contender. Either way, he's coming out. He's got a lot to prove. You know, his his image is tore up right now. I think he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna rush for like I would not be surprised if he gets close to two thousand yards again. Because again, you're coming with the second year running back, Teddy Bridgewater. The receiving core is not amazing as it is. I do like what they, I, I agree with you, Mike. What I like what they're doing on offense. It's going to kind of tie into a guy who I don't even have written on my list, but I'm going to use it. So I'm not going to have a lot of inside information on this guy. But Kyle Rudolph's coming back as well. Right. Yeah. Totally my, forgot about my him. my guy. Jeez. He finished last year as a 38th receiver. Only played in nine games, but and I'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. But he's my next guy. I'm going to pick who. I just thought of as you well, said. Add, add, add another weapon to that Minnesota yeah. offense. So I think. In, Which should it, be pretty balanced if, like, I mean, I really do. Balanced. Like, I just think they do need another wide receiver, though. But it would be great in an ideal world with that Devontae Parker, just because Teddy Bridgewater has been familiar with him for, how you know, three, four years, three years prior to. So it's like. That'd it be would sick. Because then you have Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace, Corderell Patterson, who then could be your fourth receiver at best anyways. Or even on, you can use Corderell Patterson out of the backfield to he kind of be, offset could be Adrian your, Peterson. Yeah, your sneak play type of guy. And Kyle Rudolph. Right. And they play in a dome. Um, you guys need to settle down over there. Jeez. And I love Teddy up. Bridgewater. So yeah, I, what's not to like about Teddy? Yeah. Uh, so Adrian Peterson, some, I'm, I'm still on that same bandwagon, man. I, guarantee, I almost guarantee from somebody uh, that you could probably get Adrian Peterson for a late first. And some people are like, I'm not giving up a first for Adrian Peterson. Okay. I would in a heartbeat. First man. of all, if you have a late first, that means you were contending for the championship as it was, anyways. It's a late first. You're going to take somebody like I mean, you can get somebody like a, you know, Amir Abdullah, uh, Duke Johnson, maybe Tevin Coleman, somewhere along those lines, or you can get Adrian Peterson. And you know, Tevin Coleman, maybe will he can if he come, if the situation works out, he can help you win a championship. Probably not. You probably won't end up starting. I was going to say, in like two years, yeah, I mean. Adrian Peterson is right. going to help he could you bust win the Or he could be a bust. Right. Or right. you could take Adrian Peterson and win the next two championships yeah. and just and call somebody, it a day. You know? Let somebody else worry about that. Right. Like somebody that had a high first and wants that other first. Because then you got to imagine this. This is going to be a thought process, process, too. You offer that. You're, you know, say, now, Grant, this is whoever Adrian Peterson, he didn't play last year. So the chances are that team might have had a down year. So maybe they have a higher first-round pick. You offer them 110. 111 and they have like two three they're like man i get 110 and two three i already had one three like i'm getting like three really good players let them take tevin coleman let them take jalen strong you know something along those lines and let you get adrian peterson and make that push to the championship because you know what it is it's about winning championships and if you get adrian peterson on your team and you had pick 111 uh next year likely to have pick 112 yep so totally agree man adrian peterson i agree with you mike wholeheartedly Bounces back. We'll be right back where he picks, you know, pick up right where he left off. Where he's an elite fantasy running back. Uh, I think he's a lock to be a top five, uh, an absolute lock. So yeah, I agree with you. Thanks. Great pick. Thanks, man. Um, so another guy here. So I'm talking about Kyle Rudolph. Guys, uh, finished last year as a 38th overall uh, fantasy tight end. This is a guy that's kind of struggled with quarterback plays entire career in Minnesota, but. Then you go watch him into play in a Pro Bowl, and he plays like really well with good talent around him. So he was a former first round pick. I think Kyle Rudolph could. Pro- I think there's a very good chance that Kyle Rudolph can take that next step next year, and at least be a tight end one. You know, even if it's like t- you know tight end eight, tight end nine, right yeah, crack there. crack the the top twelve. Yeah, because I again, I mean Delaney Walker. I mean he's got to compete with him. 
Uh, Jason Witten, who knows what's going on him. Heath Miller's for sure not going to, you know, who finished as 11th tight end last year, uh, will probably take a drop back. Now he's got other people to compete with, like Charles Clay. Zach Ertz might take a step forward. Uh, we all know, you know, Travis Kelsey, even though he was hit and miss last year, finished as tight end six last year, who will take another step forward. Uh, but at the same time, I think Kyle Rudolph has a really good chance to finish with a nice bounce back season. And like we just made all these points about Adrian Peterson, the offense around him, and possibly another receiver, more to help Kyle Rudolph here. And you know where I'm going to agree with you is because I just totally forgot about Kyle Rudolph this whole time we've been talking about Minnesota. So I've always liked Kyle Rudolph as a, a guy that has some potential, you know. So he's like in that Tyler Efert kind of right. Like phase oh, with me, you to, know what I mean? Like I'm ready for you. They're on the same. They are this to me in that same boat, and I'm waiting for. I like both of them. I'm me just too. waiting for him to take that next step. And who's probably easier to obtain? I think Rudolph here. Rudolph, the guy was right? coming off of down right. here. He got an. What well, he had injured yeah, his but, foot, and and and. Yeah, but Efer was hurt too, right? Yeah, so, he was because yeah, he was remaining they were both hurt. playing yeah, for a while. I had Efert my one league. But, but I, hurt, th- so. I think the shine hasn't worn off him as much. You know right. what I'm saying? Efert's a little fresher in the league. That's why it's going to be much right. easier to get a guy like Kyle Rudolph. And right. that, He's like one of those like sneaky guys you could try and like get where like how oh, we always talk about like you made that trade offer and like the guy you really want make you make it look like <laughs> not the guy you want. Right. So he might be somebody you can kind of get in as an add on, as an add on, or like you do a combo and you're like, eh, I kind of need a tight end. Let me get Kyle Rudolph in there and I'll give you a two one. I don't know how many times I try to do that with Juan. You know <laughs> what I mean? Make trades, you know, in our dynasty nerds league, and I'm always trying to get Kyle Rudolph from him. He doesn't yeah. give him up. No, I think he's got Efer too. He maybe. does have Yeah, Efert I think too. I've tried and to he's do got like Zach Ertz. Yeah, because uh, there's been multiple times I've tried to get Efert and Rudolph, and then multiple times where I'm because he doesn't. He always strokes me around and never pulls a trigger. Where I'm like, just hey, you can pick any one. I'll just take any one of your tight ends. You can pick one of them because I know if I pick it, it'll be the wrong one. You yeah. know, so I'm like. He'll jack the price up on you. It it never goes anywhere. But yeah, just like you're saying, man, I mean, I I like all those guys. I like those. I like those guys enough. I thought about offering Juan who has to pick one, two and one and two in our league. And I have Gronk who's untradeable. I was like, I wonder if I bet I can get like, and obviously not just Gronk. I was like, I get Gronk and like maybe like Monty Ball or something, you know, make Alfred Morrison get pick one, pick two, uh, Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Ebert, you know, and Jeremy Hill. Wow, I don't think, yeah, that's a tough package. To, that's, but you're getting Gronk. You wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't probably play that. not. No, and that's like, crazy. And, but and another running back. I'm. I think I knew the offset of that would be Jeremy Hill because he loves Jeremy Hill. Yeah, he loves Jeremy. Hill. He loves Jeremy. Oh, Hill. Should I mean Jeremy he Hill? Should. Had a I agree hell with you. I year, love man. Jeremy Hill as well. I do a lot, and I, that's who I want. But I was like, man, I can get Gurley and Cooper, and I was like, no, nah, I can't. There's get no. Gronk. Yeah, there's no way he would do that though. Oh, he he loves Gronk at the same time. No way. You're telling me, but at the same time, I mean, zero chance. Okay, let's, well, here's started the base of it. One, two, one pick, one overall, and two overall in the rookie draft. I mean, that's not even close to being fair for Gronk. No, no. No, but you started adding all that other stuff right. on there, too, man. You throw like, Jeremy Hill back on there, too. Yeah. It's like, whoa, now it's out of balance so the other th- way. That was just the base of his trade right there. Pick one, pick two, and Jeremy Hill. For, and you're saying that's, that's too much to give for Gronk? I think so. Wow, I completely disagree. I <laughs> wouldn't do that trade. All right. It sounds nice, and you're probably good. I mean, but I mean, it's just Gronk. I guess that's just my own feeling towards him. He's right. He's like the number five. Over, he goes number five overall in start off drafts. You know. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I mean, maybe because there's there's times where I've tried to trade him Jimmy Graham over the past and wanted more. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, just kind of 
but they're different players. But like Jeremy Hill, like I don't think I ever try to get as good of a player as Jeremy Hill from him. I mean, I mean, I was trying to get draft picks. I mean, and this give you an idea, like you know how much of a difference like Gronk can make to your team. I mean, Gronkowski finished. Who missed? He played in 15 games, but even those 15 games aren't legit because he started off really slow. Gronk had 266 overall fantasy points. The guy who finished in second place, Jimmy Graham, had 229. So you're talking about almost a 40 point swing there. And and again. Jimmy Graham, I know he was in numbers two, but he he technically played in sixteen games. Gronk played in fifteen, right. but Gronk started off even slower. Um, that's the difference there. I mean, Gronk, Jimmy Graham did have a shoulder too. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham was nicked up last year. Okay, but still okay. So, but and then you go even deeper. Travis Kelsey, who finished six, had one hundred seventy-seven points. Gronk had two sixty-six. You're talking about like a hundred-point swing over the course of a season there at the tight end position. And it's just, I mean, for. It, Gronk is just that much a difference maker at his position. Wide receiver one numbers at tight end, which you don't get from anybody. But moving on about my own personal team. I, uh, all right, moving on. All right, Matt, you got another guy for us? Or was Jordan Cameron your cash out? Uh, no, he wasn't not. He was not my cash out. I have a couple of other ones. They're kind of just smaller scale type of things. Um, yeah. I just wanted to kind of like throw in a Frank Gore mention. Like the Frank Gore mention? Um, just, I mean, not that his production was horrible last year. But from a PPR standpoint, I I mean, ever since Jim Harbaugh uh, took over the 49ers, I mean, before he before Harbaugh was there, Gore was, you know, annually catching between 40 and 60 balls. And as soon as Harbaugh got there, he just dropped down into, like, basically the teens. So I think from that standpoint, I think... You think his PPR numbers drive him up pretty drastically? I think, I think absolutely. Going back, going to Indy, I think they're going to, I think they're going to reutilize him in that kind of kind capacity. Of cut- Kind of how they like to use Boom Heron when Boom Heron started. Right, absolutely. That's a, that's a good point to make. I think uh, I li- I liked Frank Gore too, and I think I think a lot of people probably like Frank Gore going into the season. Just the whole thought of being an indie, playing in a dome, and a much better team with Andrew Luck. I think we all think he's he's certainly not a buy low can. That's for sure. He's probably something actually probably hard to obtain. No, I mean, I, I mean at thirty one uh, years old, I yeah, think there's no, only a certain about certain kind of team that's looking for a guy well, like that. You, right. I mean, you, for example, in the Dynasty Nerds League, have Frank Gore. Yeah, but he I just sure. won it, so why would he trade him? I, but oh, okay. but Frank Gore, that's a whole, but he's not starting Frank Gore at the same time. I mean, where's Frank Gore on your death chart? Like three or four? Well, I mean, let's yeah. see. I got Demarco. I have Mark Ingram. I have Jonathan Stewart, and Frank Gore is my top four running backs. Yeah. So you so you probably will start Ingram Gore. In and out. I sure. could, yeah, yeah absolutely. And all it takes is, yeah, you need the depth, man. Yeah. One injury, he wants to repeat, man. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, as a Gore owner, it's different for you because, yeah, you can compete. You like the depth. Um, he's somebody you would probably trade late as like to a team that wants to make the playoffs, and you know when you're set into the playoffs. Let's let's put it this way: if you were a team that um, you know isn't competitive, this might be a great time to sell them. Because I think his he's gonna have a, a bit of a bounce back. Oh, um, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, in value, so whole, I, I guess that's why that's kind of where I see it. What I do if I, if I'm a team that doesn't compete and I have Frank Gore, who I think is have a really solid barn, he stays healthy, which he does. Right. I mean, he's never not right, right. been healthy pretty much his entire career, uh, which is crazy coming off a new two knee surgeries out of Miami. Uh, to have that kind of career where he's completely healthy, almost. What I mean, has he, I I know it. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure like Frank Gore hardly ever missed any time. He, I mean, he missed in 2010. It looks like he missed about five games, and then there was a couple here and a couple there, like before that. But past four seasons, he's been all, all every game, every right? game. Yep. yeah, for every for four seasons. So he's very durable. Frank Gore is somebody want if you want do not sell. Now he's somebody I completely flip unless there's somebody really like in your rookie draft. I think you'll be able to get really good value if your team's not competing around the playoffs. 
but the teams that want to win it all come later in the season, like mm-hmm. week seven, week eight, week nine, even as you get closer to playoffs, the price for him will go up and up because the people that want to compete, you'll either get a, like a young player back and a draft pick or like a, a first round a pick. A premier draft pick, absolutely. Yeah, so I think Frank Gore, um, if you're not competing, sell high. If you are competing, he's somebody that will help you along the way more than he's probably ever had uh, as of late. Yeah, for the past two or three years, I mean, his PPR value has been a little bit depressed, and I think it's going to have a nice little bounce back. Me too. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's relatively consensus in the fantasy community that people think he's going to have a nice year. So definitely a bounce back candidate. Mike, um, I'm I'm cashed out on guys. However, there's two guys that were coming back from injury. I'm just curious just to bring it up um, on opinion to see what you guys think. Um, Victor Cruz and Marvin Jones. What do you guys think about those two guys? I think uh, I think you tie Marvin Jones into somebody. Now that's, that's going to sound ridiculous as a bounce back candidate. Andy Dalton. Um, Andy Dalton finishes the 18th overall fantasy quarterback last year, and you know just the year before that he finishes the sixth overall fantasy player. Right. So I think Marvin Jones is a real good candidate. Where Mohamed Sanu showed yeah. last year he can come in and play well. Yeah, but I think I, he did. I was like, do you think Marvin Jones could come back and take? Basically, like, Sanu took over for Marvin Jones, yeah. and now, it's like, did he do enough to steal that away, or is Marvin Jones going to come back and get that second wide receiver? I know for sure, just even from, like, the hard knocks and what I've read, like, Marvin Lewis likes Marvin Jones. Right. Know, maybe because his name's Marvin. That could and that's be That's a it. unique, you know, him, Marvin the Martian, and Marvin J- Lewis um, are all on the same boat here. Yeah. So, I think Marvin... It's a good analysis. J- it, it, it's, that's why I do this podcast. Right. It's Rich goes deep. Like this. Going deep. deep. Yeah. Um, I think that it's not what she said. Th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, uh, burn <laughs> call the burn unit. Uh, so I think Marvin Jones is a potential nice bounce back candidate. Uh, I think he should be able to beat out Muhammad Sanu. And if you're in the offense again with a really good balance, same with Andy Dalton, you know, now he's got two dynamic running backs there. They have, uh, hopefully Tyler Eifert can take another step forward. And if anything, they have Muhammad Sanu. And AJ Green and Marvin right. Jones. And Marvin then, Jones is only twenty four too. Exactly. So. I think I think he has a good chance to bounce back. Uh, before we get Matt's take on it, and I'll give you Victor Cruz. I, I've said a hundred times. It's almost nobody's really come back from two patella tendon tears. Right. I mean that's just. I mean that's it. That's all you have to go off of. Nobody's been really able to do with high success. Does it help that you know Odell Beckham's there, so he doesn't come back with the pressure of being a number one and kind of lose some of that speed by maybe just playing strictly in the slot uh, and have benefit in the PPR leagues? I hope so. As a Victor Cruz owner, I hope so. But my, I would, I, I have literally, he's at the bottom of my death chart. I feel like anything I could possibly get of Cruz is a bonus. I feel like. Honestly, on my team personally, I'll never start him again in fantasy football. That's the way I'm looking at it. Right. Um, I would think I would look at it the same way. And I'm almost waiting for it to come to fruition, so I almost just cut bait on him. Let somebody else swoop him up because they'll be like, oh, Victor Cruz on a waiver wire. And then hopefully they may, they start him and they, they face me that week and lose. So <laughs> Marvin Jones, yes. Victor Cruz, I, I hope I'm wrong, but for sure I, I'd say almost I'm like 90% sure just out of past history that he's going to be a no. Hopefully he proves me wrong. I think I'm going to agree with both those takes. What about you, Matt? What are your thoughts on those guys? I hate to be agreeable, but I agree with both those takes. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, Victor Cruz. Uh, it's 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 a tough situation, man. It's going to be hard to come back from, and and I I can't you can't rely on him. And right. and as as far as Marvin Jones goes, I think Mohamed Sanu. I don't I don't think he did quite enough to to grab that uh, job by the reins. Right. I, I, I 
I believe he had a pretty alarming drop rate. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. and, he, and he, I feel like if I remember back, like Mohamed Sanu had like a point there where like he had like a, a few good weeks, but then like later down the stretch, he just got significantly yeah worse. I mean, it was, it was. I think, and I think that's where like Mohamed Sanu finished as a thirty fourth overall fantasy receiver, right ahead of Brandon Marshall, Marcus Colson, and Keenan Allen. Uh and I just think I think it was those early weeks. He had a couple of weeks there where like. He did like extremely well. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. Sanu, you know, and but again, AJ Green was out, Marvin Jones was out. So it was he, like a perfect storm. Yeah, for him. he was the number one guy there. Mm-hmm. He almost fits in that category of like Golden Tate, but not as good as not go, you know Golden Tate. Yeah, how, he's not as talented as how, Golden Tate. How Tate, Tate's numbers were inflated because of Calvin Johnson. Right. Sanu's numbers, where he finished as a wide receiver three last year, um, you know, at the end of that scale, where. Again, I I'd, I'd much rather have if you say, hey, who do you want, Sanu or Marvin Jones? I'm saying Marvin Jones, without a doubt. I agree with that. And and just to retouch up on on Victor Cruz, like I even had him on my list here, and I was hesitant to mention him just because I I as a bounce I, back. Yeah, as a bounce back. I just I kind of put guys on here that I knew would be relevant into this conversation, uh-huh. and I kind of picked the ones. Who did you say that was? Victor, Victor Cruz. Oh, Victor okay, Cruz. Okay. Yeah, but I I wouldn't. I wasn't going to mention him. Like it was right. one of the guys I had mentally said, don't mention him. I don't think he's actually <sighs> right. And I, you know, the only, I, I was out on players, but I just, I know those are two big name players kind of coming right. off injury. So Absolutely. I just thought I just, we should address them. I think yeah. anybody, I think any production whatsoever at a cruise, you consider a bounce back yep. and consider a success. I mean, he finishes, I'd be happy to finish somewhere around like wide receiver, like 40. I mean, you had, you, you mentioned that, you know, like, Oh, maybe the pressure won't be on him because uh, um, Odell Beckham and everything. I think that's going to be true. I, I think he's going to feel less pressure to produce, but we're talking fantasy here and, and that's not going to help, you know, your fantasy team. Yeah. So and that's all that matters. Right. That's all that really matters. There's tons of players out there that, you know, the whole reason like we were against now this before the podcast where we were against Tavon Austin was like, he's going to help. And that's what we feel like about a lot of these like those small receivers and guys like last year. Um, who were the two running backs out of Kent State that went to Pittsburgh? Uh, Dre Archer. Yeah, and, and uh, DeAnthony uh, Thomas. Yeah, DeAnthony Thomas, where they get drafted like third round, fourth round, and it we we said last year on a podcast like you don't draft those guys. They're going to help their NFL teams more than they help your fantasy team. And you know some of these guys will even the, the upcoming draft where. Some of these guys will be drafted in certain situations. Well, hey, they're going to look at special teams right. and kick returns, but they're not going to help your fantasy team. And that's exactly what we felt about those running backs. But yet they still went in dynasty rookie drafts in the third, fourth round. And we told you all together, take those guys off your board because they're not going to help fantasy. your fantasy team. Right. And they're good football players, and they do good things for the NFL team, but they don't produce fantasy numbers. And you, you can't get caught up in that. And that's where sometimes the NFL draft will skew your look on some of these rookies, and they'll move some guys up. Like, oh, he got drafted in the third round. Drew Archer in Pittsburgh. That's not what he was drafted for. He wasn't drafted right. to be the main guy. He was helping, right. you know, kick returns and special teams. Gadget, like a gadget, gadget play, because they love to do those up in Pittsburgh. Inspector Gadget. Right. Yeah, go, go, Gadget Archer. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you say that, you have anything else over there on your list? I mean, I I, I put um, Sam Bradford on there, just because, I mean, you got zero production out of him, and I think going he's to a good offense. going to a great offense. I just I just thought that was worth mentioning. Suits his skill set pretty well. Absolutely. If he's still there after draft day, we'll find out uh, here by the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I like I, Sam Bradford's a good uh, pick. 
I like Keen Allen to come out of his sophomore slump last year. He finished as a 37th overall fantasy receiver. I really think he has a really good chance to bounce back this year. A lot of people are down on Keenan Allen. I think he comes up. I know he's a favorite of Mike's over there. Right. Um, he was one of the guys I was thinking about as a comeback player also. Yeah, so but, finish at third, so. you know, wide receiver 37. I think he takes a step forward there, too, right. uh, with Phillip Rivers. I think Andre Johnson, who finished last year as wide receiver 29, uh, I think he has. I think this is going to have one more really good year as a Colts make that push for a Super Bowl. I think his touchdowns are going to go up this year because um, again his receptions were there. There were like eighty plus receptions last year. What we talked about, people perceived him as being a really bad receiver last year, even though he finished as wide receiver twenty nine. Uh, I think his touchdowns are going to go up this year, which will really push him over the edge to get back up there, you know, as a high-end wide receiver, too, for Andre Johnson. I, I agree with that, and I, I think the main reason is look at who's throwing him the ball. I mean, who was throwing him the ball in, in Houston? Like exactly. And he still bunch, finished as wide receiver. 29. A bunch of hobos. Yeah, I mean, collectively over, like, the past five years, a bunch of hobos. And now he's going with, it's like, one of... T.Y. and two completely right. different receivers all right. together. Right. Um, I, I think, think they'll complement each other pretty well. Very well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at a lot of older receivers have done well in Indy. You know, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, um, and Andre Johnson is just as talented at his age now as those guys ever were as well. Right. And you're talking about two Hall of Famers. So I think Andre Johnson's a good guy to come back on. Uh, like I said, we mentioned Michael Floyd that's down there. And, uh, you know, another guy, too, who's going into their second year, like people don't realize who's one of the top rookies overall before getting hurt, Brandon Cooks in New Orleans, was somebody that was, in the beginning of the year, he came out smoking. He led all the receivers and receptions of the rookies. So he's somebody that, again, you're not going to be able to go in your dynasty league, but I think he has a nice bounce back year. I think he's going to be the true number one there in New Orleans, and I think he's going to benefit a lot in PPR leagues. Um, I have just one more guy that I I want an opinion just on. One more guy that I just want an opinion on, and I because I haven't heard your guys' thoughts on Darren McFadden going to Dallas. I, I think they I think they drafted running back. Right. I it doesn't. I not. I don't know. Great. My exact thoughts. I just wanted to hear it out of other right. people's mouths, and I want other people to hear it too. Do not fall for the Darren yeah. McFadden Dallas hype. Well, like it's funny. Like in my uh, one of my other dynasty leagues, you know, the dude that has Darren McFadden was fake excited, and he was, was he? yeah, and he was like texting me, "Ooh, Darren McFadden." I'm like, dude. Don't be, don't be that guy. If man. you can cash in on that hype oh, right now, God. cash in, take that sell ticket. that guy, yes. mm-hmm. take it to the counter, right? Cash and, out right now, and be and be also wary too because um oh my oh I just had his name I forgot but the offensive line coach for Dallas last year Callahan Callahan who's the number one offensive line coach in the NFL he left right? he left yep so you know granted that's gonna hurt that maybe it doesn't hurt because he did his coach in there in the offensive line but. Again, DeMarco Murray is a good running back, okay? Yes. And Bill Callahan. <laughs> was that a question, Mike? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. You're so funny. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. So Bill Call- Pal- Callahan leaving. DeMarco Murray, you know, is leaving. And what we, we just automatically, we always throw it in there. Like, well, whatever running back goes to Dallas is going to be sweet. There are some things kind of working against him there. Uh, so we can't get overly excited. Like I said, Darren McFadden goes there. If Darren McFadden was named a starter, um, I like Darren McFadden coming out a lot out of college, but here we are, you know, years later. I'm still not overly excited about him. Um, if he chances, like, if he does get a chance to start, yeah, he's a running back too. But I just think there's no ch- way he has a chance to start. They draft a running back. Even like if he does, even if he does I mean, I I see him last in two or three games again. Right. I mean, that's just how he is. He I breaks think, down. He can't handle the NFL game. He's, yeah, he's 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 very brittle. 
Uh, and I think they go running back first round or second round, and they get one of those guys. You know, I agree. That's JJI, I'm getting excited about. You know, they get Melvin Gordon. Look out. I mean, that's why if, if you're listening to this Wednesday before the draft, it's not too late. Hurry up and trade yeah. Terry McFadden <laughs> right now. Yeah, trade before, him. Yeah, his, his value is about to plummet here. I at the NFL fully draft. advocate that. And we said that, too, because we were talking about before, uh, like Melvin Gordon, um, somebody was saying something about him. And, but he went number three overall. You weren't here last week. We did a rookie mock draft, the pros and cons. I, I, I actually listened to it, yeah. And uh, we gave our cases for you think? against. No, it was great, guys. Yeah. You got to have huge dis- Here's not some, not quite as good as if I was there helping out as well. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it was bad. all right. Yeah, okay. it wasn't bad. Well, I wish you would have been here. It'd been a better, nice, more pro and kind of mock draft there. And we, Mike took Jameis Winston overall at fourth, um, and I took Melvin Gordon at third because I think Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's again, he's just somebody that I think is gonna be absolutely terrific at the next level. I had that Sunday. You 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 missed all the tweets because you were running your marathon. Congratulations, right. Mike yeah, ran thanks, a full man. marathon. Yeah, like Superman over. How many That's miles right. is that? Twenty six point two. That's the, unbelievable. It's that point two. Yeah, that point two that felt like five miles. I'm not kidding, man. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I told Ashley the other day, my wife, uh, after you did it, because I texted you to see how it went. Yeah. And see if your legs were still there. Yeah. They're running the nubs. I was like, 26, two. How long that would take me to go, like, just to get to cover that distance with my feet? He did it in five, what did you do, five, four, four hours? hours and 47 minutes, which which isn't good, but I'm not, I'm more of a weightlifter, that's wannabe runner, true. you know? I don't, I can't imagine myself walking straight nonstop for four hours and 48 minutes. Yeah. I really can't. It was I, brutal. I, I'd be four inches shorter from just like banging the concrete. Tell so me, the only thing that kept me going is like, if I walk, I have to do it again next year, and I promise I'm never doing this ever again. So I have to keep running, man. That's the only thing. No, so that's, you that's ran a, the whole way. Huh? Yeah, that's nice. an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, man. that's nice, pretty. Man. I know you're training extremely hard yeah. for it. You know, and I know you said you're like, because the podcast we were like arranged a podcast around it, and you're like, oh, I got, I got to run, I got to run, and you're like. Dude, as soon as this podcast, or this marathon's over, I'm so much more free. Oh, yeah. Free time. Tons yeah, of free time. So. Congrats to you, man. That was Thanks, pretty, man. Uh, but I missed a great debate on the on Twitter. I couldn't even defend myself. You oh, know? yeah. So, so back to that. Yeah, the guy was like, oh, I can't believe you took Jameis Winston in the fourth overall pick. And, you know, I was trying to make points. I was like, granted, now I wouldn't take it, and that was my con. Right. But I was like, Mike's points are all very valid, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he was trying to say, well, you can get a quarterback here. And quarterback, uh, he was cool about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not right. saying like okay. nobody's wrong when you. Yeah, debate right. That's why I try to opinion. tell him. Yeah, exactly. And each league's different. And here's where his, I just felt like his his opinion really dropped. He's like, oh, I'll trade. I was like, would you trade Cam Newton for the fourth overall pick and get somebody like Melvin Gordon, who's you know their lifespans are so. He's like, oh, absolutely. I would trade. I have Cam Newton. I I think I just did that or something along those lines. And I have Tannehill, and the difference is within like three points a game. I was like, well, now you just have Tannehill, and that's it. You know, and that's and that's not. I like Tannehill, but then now you have Cam Newton and Tannehill, who's your backup quarterback. She just created a hole, and he's like, "Well, I picked up Eli Manning on a waiver wire." And this is where I kind of was like, "What the heck? Eli Manning on a waiver wire?" Yeah. And I, I tweeted him, and I was like, "Dude, that's more of like a keeper league than yeah, a dynasty league." Yeah, what kind of league, league are you in that right. Eli Manning sitting not on the waiver wire? Yeah, yeah. there's no. I mean, if you're in a dynasty I think he made league, some valid, Manning, valid points, but I would made trade, very valid points, right? But I would definitely. I mean, obviously, Cam Newton or Melvin Gordon. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's not a guarantee. You know, I'd take Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Longevity, so, right. you know, and all. And then plus, you, you, that's, that's there's a your, longevity. You a whole, and if you have two quarterbacks, you know, if you have Cam Newton and, you know, Andrew Luck, yeah, you can do that for sure. Right. But, uh, and again, he, some of the points he made with the three points per game, you know, and those are, are valid. 
But it's the longevity thing too that wasn't you can't take into account. Like you have a quarterback for so long, yes. versus the lifespan of a running back. You and know he, what I mean? He started throwing like the the startup level. You would take Melvin Gordon ahead of Cam Newton in a startup draft. And I'm like, absolutely. But a startup draft is completely different than a rookie draft. Your team's right. already established right. compared to the rookie draft. Um, but and the big thing too is like I just want to say on a podcast because he listens to. Um, again, he made great points and. Ever, you know, if you think that feel that way, then you're not wrong. That's how you want to run your team. But at the same time, I discourage any kind of. We'll get, we'll do another show where how we run our leagues as well. If you have Eli Manning on your waiver wire, that just kind of it just makes me iffy about the whole dynasty league altogether. That's just that should never happen. I mean, that's that's obviously the way that we look at it. But obviously, there's that's plenty, the way but, we've done it forever. Right, but there's, there's plenty of leagues plenty though, of talking ways. to you know the, the followers on there. There's you know, just a lot of the leagues don't seem to have the depth that we we do or we'll, prefer. You know we'll, what I'm we'll saying? Do, so whatever. we'll do a show. Give us a couple of weeks, and we'll run a show on it. And we'll talk about the pros of running what we consider a true dynasty, and that's just the difference between like a mega keeper, a yeah. mega keeper league, or a glorified keeper league to a dynasty league. And we'll explain exactly what's the difference between that and a dynasty league in a couple of weeks here. In our eyes, you know, I mean, in our, in our eyes. In your hey, eyes. we've only been doing it for 14 years, so. <laughs> You know, and remember, we started our dynasty league from scratch, so there was no, it wasn't a big market out there. You guys are such good singers. <laughs> uh, but until that, we have a really good weekend coming up, guys. Really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite times of the year, the NFL draft. I really do love it. It's one of my favorite things to watch. Every year, I feel like the Browns can make finally get that guy that's going to be great, don't. and then they don't. Right. Every single year. Every single year. Uh, except for Joe Thomas and Joe Hayden. Right. Uh, so, but maybe finally... This is the year. So for my team, the Cleveland Browns and all the other Browns fans out there, it's a really good ex- reason to get excited. And any team that you root for, it's a really good time to get excited because whether it be somebody you can add to your fantasy team or just somebody to help your NFL team all together, and unless you're like a Patriots fan, you know, get together. Um, but in the meantime, guys, if you have any questions until then, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. At Dynasty Nerd Mike. Make sure you check out, follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Get on DynastyNerds.com to check out all our rankings. And uh, make sure to get on RealitySportsOnline.com uh, as well and check them out. They're a great site. So until then, enjoy the draft. We'll talk to you next week covering all things draft and who won and who lost there. Until then, talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Chewy, we're home. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.